0: Another edition of Swoop's World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is July nineteenth, nineteenth. Wow, twenty seventeen, and we're looking forward to a big night tonight. We have a, a special guest. We have uh, Tessa Fontaine, who's a professional organizer, and we'll be chatting with her here in just a minute, uh, a quick minute. We want to thank everybody for tuning in to Swoops World Live, uh, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. We're going to take our first break and come back and get this thing started. This is Michelle Mangione, The Edge of Madness. Back after this.
2: Who will hear our story, who will see this hell, who will bring us justice, tell me who will. At a railroad station in Baton Rouge, of a train to Crescent City. Urban Street keeps calling him back to a Cajun girl so pretty. Outside the bars, tell stories they can't forget. Songs fly up to the evening stars on distant planets.
3: How are you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of RAD. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get
4: you. Sleep
2: all day, I where you're going. I don't think
1: that's... A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day, I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. Every
5: day, I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. At 7,
1: I shower. Every day, I wake up For at
0: those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
1: You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, there's a shop
3: ball on the wall. And you're listening to Swoops
0: World. And welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Tessa Fontaine. She's the uh, owner of Organize My Stuff. That's right. How are you doing, Tessa?
1: I'm doing well, Swoop. How are you?
0: Doing great, great. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: So let our listeners know a little bit about you. Where where are you from and kind of how you got started in this business?
1: Okay, well, I was born in Iowa. Yikes. Anything that starts with going back to my birth is going to be a long (laughs) time. No, I'll, I'll make it brief. I grew up in Lakewood, California. I moved out of state, and I'm freshly back to Southern California starting to specialize in my organizing business with children's spaces. I'm single. I have one lovely adult daughter, Lauren Jane, whom I homeschooled. I have an educational background in early childhood development, and I'm a natural-born organizer.
0: (laughs) How did you get started in this business?
1: Well, because I'm a natural-born organizer, I've always organized my stuff and felt compelled to organize other people's stuff but I, did, I do ask first. Um, I recall going to the grocery store with my mother as a kid and rearranging the meat packages in the grocery store. So when it came time after my second divorce to figure out what I really wanted to do, I had the luxury of deciding that, living with my mother. Um, I just did some soul searching and decided, what do I love to do? And organizing came up and so I researched it. And I thought, hey, I can do
0: this (laughs) (laughs) when you uh, uh, you know when you when you're doing this kind of work and and clients come out to hire you and whatnot what are the what are those usually the uh, the wants that they have
1: well usually what um, drives them to hire or seek out help is that they feel a little overwhelmed They don't know where to start, or they don't think that they know how to. Some people think that they ought to know how to organize themselves, but when they get started, they they just don't know where to start. And or they're too tired, they're too busy, uh, they just don't want to do it. They just don't have the inclination, you know. We hire people to, you know, things that we can do ourselves, such as an accountant or um, a hairdresser. Maybe we could cut our own hair. Well, that's probably not a good idea, but,
2: um,
1: you know, other professions that we hire to do things, you know, sometimes the people who, you know, can afford to do it will not want to do it themselves. So they will hire somebody else to do it. So um, even though we're capable, sometimes we just, you know, we hire a housekeeper or a tailor or an accountant, like I said, but we just don't want to. We, right. we would rather um, hire somebody to do it or help have that extra set of hands. So those are the people generally, um, you know, we hear a lot about or these days. We know more about professional organizers through reality TV shows, you know, about pack rats and hoarders. Right. And HGTV has made it, you know, a little bit more um, comes to mind when you think of a professional organizer. Um, And professional organizers definitely help with those people. But, you know, it's also people are just, you know, too tired, stressed, confused about it, you know, or just don't want to do it themselves.
0: One, you know, you mentioned the, the, the reality shows and stuff like that, but it, it seems to be that when I first heard about this uh, profession, it was people sp- specifically getting, like, their closets done, and, mm. and then you see all the little new racks they have put in, and their the clothes are hanging differently. Right. But it seems like it's so much more than that.
1: Well, there's a different um, group of people, a different audience. Usually the people who are going after those um, professionally installed, Closet systems um, are, al- are already organized people, and that's why they want these things to make them more organized. Um, the people who don't have those systems or don't think about those systems are usually more of our clients.
0: Um, then your clients, they're looking for more of the entire space as opposed to just like the closets?
1: Well, no. Closets are definitely a big chunk of my clientele. They just um, either want to install those, those custom closets or they don't know they want it yet. They just want to get organized and then maybe I will suggest uh, a closet system. Oh, okay. But if they don't want to spend the money on those because they're quite pricey, then just containers and maybe their existing shelving if they have built-ins in their walk-in closets. Um, but if not, you know, just just shelves, I mean, just bins on shelves will suffice. But um, generally, they just are, it just bothers them. You know, any space, whether it's their closet, usually women's closets, you know, we tend to have a lot, you know, multiples of the same thing. Lots of shoes and lots of purses, <laughs> lots of clothes, of course. And then um, in walk-in closets, people tend to, you know, store things up on the higher shelves that they don't use a lot of maybe seasonal things go up there so space gets a little limited and they just need a, a system or a new way of looking at their closet to organize it and so they call me but yeah closets are a big thing but you know do we do we organize professional organizers organize any and everything
0: <laughs> when uh you know when you stepped out to do, you decide this is something you're going to do and, and you went for it. You know, a lot of people, when you start your own business, and especially if you haven't done that type of business before, you, you, were, you didn't work for somebody else as a professional organizer previously, right?
1: No. So
0: what was that like for you? What was, that, what was that initial step, putting yourself out there like for you?
1: Well, I think I was pretty cocky. I didn't know what I didn't know, and I think that's the best way to step into something or anything. Um, if you knew what it, would, it took, you may not move forward. Um, it may paralyze you. But um, there's no overhead. You don't have an office. You go to people's places of, re- you know, residence or workplace, and you need minimal supplies, label maker, maybe, you know, some of your own cleaning supplies or trash bags or measuring tape or just some general things. But even those, some of those things, can, you can use the client's stuff so you don't have to purchase too much. And, um, you know, you just need to get the word out that you exist and have people trust you to go into their home and touch their things and know about their things and, you know, just to be a tr- come across as a trustworthy person to see their confidential papers or their valuable things. So it, it takes a li- some confidence, but once you, um, you know, give that impression and reassure them or have referrals to make them feel more at ease hiring a stranger to come into their home, the hardest part is getting the customers, um, the clients. Um, so, but organizing, you know, that's a, that's a breeze. That's what we do. That's what we love to do. That's the easy part. The hard part is the business side.
0: Yeah. And that's true. with so much, you know, I, I, we, a lot of our guests have been, uh, musicians and and we talk about, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's the music business, right? So they, they know, they know how to write songs. They know how to perform the songs. They know how to entertain people, but then the business side is a whole different, you know, no different hat that they're wearing. And it, it, the business side sometimes is, is a, has a huge learning curve. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is what, you're the first organizer we've had on the show. So, <laughs> you, every, usually anybody else we've had on the show, pretty much I, I knew a lot about their industry, whether they were an <laughs> author or a politician or you name it. I knew a lot about their industry. This is industry I don't know much about. And you know, I'm, and I'm understanding from you that it's actually there's it's a big network. It's a big network of people. Uh, and you mentioned something. You said whether, whether I do their home or their office. I, I didn't realize there's a, there's a need for organizers in in people's uh, professional offices, too. Huh?
1: Yeah, anywhere where people are bothered by accumulation of stuff, clutter, piles, um, can't find things. You know, they say they know they have it, but they can't find it. They can't easily get their hands on something or quickly. It may, um, You may develop a sense of frustration about it. And if you're aware that people... Are out there like me, professionals who have basic organizing principles and standards, you know, and we know some little tricks and things, you know, to keep you organized and to develop systems for you. Um, once we get to know you, it's not about just, you know, putting stuff in boxes or putting, you know, donate, trash, keep piles. Um, you know, it really is about learning about the person and how they flow and what, what their needs are and what their frustrations are. But usually it's because People are busy, and in offices, you know, a lot of pressure is put on people to, you know, perform, perform, do, do, do. And they're getting things put on their plate that if they had time, they would put things back. Uh, But they're just going from one activity to another, so they'll dump things. um, And then they'll say they'll get back to it later, but sometimes later comes very much later. (laughs) So, um, you know, just an, an extra set of helping hands to get it back on track, or to develop systems so that um, the maintenance of these things are easier to keep um, disorder at bay.
0: Okay. When uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, you were talking about the, the, the TV shows and stuff, and I and I, I imagine maybe not that, uh, these these situations where you have the hoarders uh, come up. Do you ever get calls from family members that want you to come in and, and, and straighten out Grandma's? house that still has the newspapers from the 1940s.
1: (laughs) 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 I do, but that's not my expertise. Professional organizers often have preferences, things that they like to organize, or things that they are educated about and feel comfortable uh, saying that they have an expertise in that particular area. Hoarding is not my expertise. Um, Pack rats are okay, but not hoarders, (laughs) because that's an emotional uh, situation, and they are... Take, taking these things in and keeping them almost as if you would take take a stray in or a pet or care for a child. This, this thing uh, is very important to them and they want it to have a good home and they think that nobody else wants it so they will keep it. And so it's a different level of pack rat yeah. that I am not trained to deal with. So uh, I would defer that or refer somebody else who does specialize in hoarding.
0: Okay. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Tessa Fontaine. She's a professional organizer. We're going to take our first break and uh, come back and chat with her about all kinds of other things. This is Raspin Stewart, and this is known as Dream. <laughs>
4: Every night I get a little older, I count my blessings before I sleep. And if I should die, don't try and wake me. Let this body be, oh, dream about the days, my friend, remember when, go on and dream. Christians, Catholics, Baptists and Buddhists, these traditions handed down by men, what you believe is what you believe in, what you see I say is what you get so dream about the days my friend, remember when warning side of China, Shanghai or the moon, philanthropists, philosophers, what they never knew, thank God for the simple things like me and you, oh baby. My friend, remember when I want to dream Every night I get a little older I count my blessings before I sleep If I should die, don't try and wake me Let this body be what you
1: and now we have an eight-year-old on the line welcome to our world today What's your question?
2: Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons?
5: Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Look for a little ride.
1: Casey Reagan.
0: We're from Music You Can See and Ameriblues.com and Kelly's Lot. We are swooping it at Swoops World. Got this morning.
2: Headed off
0: to And welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And we're live with Tessa Fontaine. She's a professional organizer, owner of Organize My Stuff and uh, we're having a good time chatting with her. Tessa I want to ask you about a couple other things um, you know you mentioned uh, that hoarding is not your specialty do organizers specialize uh, in specific things or do, you know some people only do like you said closets earlier or something we talked about but is there's is there some, do people do things generally or do they all specialize?
1: Yeah, it's both. Um, there are general professional organizers And that's what I was but if somebody asked for something specific that I did not have an expertise in I would refer them to somebody that I knew who did specialize in that to better serve the client There are um, people who want to go paperless So there are people who specialize in organizing paper scanning them in programs apps that will help them do that Um There are experts at the kitchen organizing or to help them eat healthier. They will help them, um, you know, (laughs) clean out their pantry and (laughs) toss out all the fatty foods or something or or help them with a system for organizing their cooking supplies. There's also specialists who uh, help people with emergency preparedness, cataloging inventory. Other professional organizers are also interior designers, and me, myself, I... I am specializing in organizing children's spaces in a developmentally appropriate way.
0: What does that mean exactly?
1: Well, developmentally appropriate practice, uh, also known in the industry as DAP, D-A-P, is uh, primarily done in schools to provide uh, children, young children especially, kindergartners, toddlers, preschoolers, with an environment that is appropriate for their age. Older children think, or let me put it, reverse it, Younger children don't think like older children. They need things that are appropriate for their age, their 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 mental age, their physical age, and their level of capability, developmental capability. So their maturation. So, um, you know, we we put diapers on babies because we know they are not mature enough physically to go to the bathroom for themselves, for example. Or we don't expect babies to walk right away, and we don't go, "Gosh darn it, why aren't you walking yet?" You know. So by a year old, we understand that they're developmentally almost ready or if not ready to walk. So we need to think about um, their environment in that way too. So you're going to provide children's spaces with things that are are child friendly. You're going to um, have goals in mind for them. You're going to want them to learn to be independent. Uh, So things are going to have to be easy for them to access on their own, so that means having things low, if not on the floor, open bins, um, not too many choices on the shelf, easy to put back, easy to use, uh, like items together, if they want to play with trucks, you're going to have trucks and blocks and Uh, little figurines and maybe a track or something you're going to have all the like things together for them So it's easy for them to play with without much uh, adult help and you want them to um, Learn these are the three goals independence ease of use and learning So you're going to want to rotate toys There's a whole toy rotation system out that that professional organizers know about and me especially specializing in children's spaces. Um, You want them to be engaged so you don't want too many choices about and you want different things for them to to play with. And you want the toy to do less and the child to do more. So (laughs) some things to think about developmentally.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you a little bit about that fountain uh, that that garden in the back is is creating a fountain sound, but that's okay. So when you talk about You know appropriate for their age does that require you to come in every year to make changes Uh, it
1: might and that would be a good thing you know uh, maintenance and um yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) um with a lot of people you know you, you said it's schools and stuff like that but a lot of people homeschool their kids right um so i would imagine that they have a need but uh when you're homeschooling you know say a family of of three or four kids uh, different age categories do they each get their own space um in a situation like that
1: no it would be just like a home you know you don't i mean each child may have their own room but it's not necessary and it's probably even preferable to put young kids together but um no they just have things that are more appropriate for them to play with and you know, if you have an older child and a younger child, you might want to have a space where the older child, let's say you have a baby crawling around the floor and an older child is building blocks. That baby will come in and knock down <laughs> that block structure every time uh, or putting things in their mouth or something. So you may be, you know, a, a window seat or something where the older child can play on where the baby can't climb up. Right. Um, and you know you're talking safety issues as well but frustration for the older kids so you don't want to have to necessarily separate them or you know say no to the baby because the baby is just exploring and developmentally you wouldn't want to discourage exploring because that would discourage or send the message the wrong message that what they want to do innately is wrong and that they would stop doing that so you don't want them to stop exploring because they would stop learning but they have to have um of course some limitations but You want to have a yes environment for them primarily. So if you have two siblings, a place where, you know, like I mentioned, a place where the older child can go without the the baby being excluded but not accessible to the older child's things. Um, And one thing I'd like to mention is that a a neat thing about, um, you know, not necessarily homeschooling but just the general bedroom of a a child, you know, they should have, developmentally appropriate would also mean having a, a place where they can be messy. You know, a lot of my industry is about cleaning up and organizing and kids don't respect that a lot of the time. So you want to make the systems easy for kids to clean up. So low open bins, they can take it out and throw it back in a bin and it doesn't have to be filed or neatly put away. You can just, but small bins, bins that aren't too big because if it gets too big, it's not only going to get too much stuff in it and they're not going to be able to find it quickly or easily but it's going to be too heavy for them to pull out or lug out into the middle of the floor or whatever and dump out and then they also need a quiet space a place to relax you know life can be busy and some parents are maybe overscheduling their children with activities and children just need a place where they can on the floor maybe not necessarily in their bed a cushion on the floor is a program with some throw pillows or a fort. Teepees are really popular right now. Uh, a quiet space where one or two children can go in and that's it and be quiet or read a book or a quiet game or just relax. Yeah. And then an engaged learning space where they don't have too many toys out. Having too many choices for children is not good. It's distracting. It's um, They will not have the focused, engaged play that they need play with one thing for a concentrated amount of time so that they can actually learn something. And we all know that children's play is their kind of work. They're actually learning while they're playing. And so they're learning precursors to writing and reading in their play. And it's important that they have plenty of you know, engaged play so that they will be learning and getting ready to do higher um, mental activities, cool. cognitive, cognitive activities.
0: One of the things I want to uh, kind of switch gears of, of going back to the adults, um, a lot of times, um, you, you know, we talked about hoarders, and an that's extreme, but a lot of times people are attached to a lot of their, their things, and uh, regardless uh, of whoever comes in to kind of help out, uh, you know, they'll say, well, I need that because it's, it's this, or it belongs to, or, you know, it's a gift from so-and-so, and on, so on, things like that. Do you find that uh, to run consistent?
1: Absolutely. People are attached to their things. And that's okay. We're not here to just get rid of your stuff. um, So we can have one thing on the shelf and make it look clean and neat. Um, The thing is, is that we're trying to simplify your life and not let your stuff, you know, make you feel like you are resenting your stuff. It's stuff that you want to have, that you use, that you find beautiful, or that you want for for whatever reason, like you mentioned, sentimentally. Um, You just want to understand that the person who gave it to you is not now embodied in that thing. And I think a lot of people feel that way, that somehow, mystically, if we throw away grandma's, you know, china plate, That we knew that she loved and that she displayed proudly and and it got passed down to us that somehow we're throwing away a piece of grandma and that's just not true so if you can take a picture of it and that satisfies your need to connect or to see the item but if you need to touch it or you want to have it physically uh, that's okay either display it so that you can enjoy it or You know, pass it on to somebody else who will appreciate it if you don't want it. But holding on to things isn't necessarily bad. It's just you have to make some tough choices sometimes. Um, You know, is this a priority for you? Do you really want to have this piece? And then maybe cut something else out just to create space. I think creating space helps us, um, you know, just finding a place to rest our eye and not to have too much stuff around just makes us feel a little bit more calmer. Or it doesn't remind us of the stuff that we ha- we've, we've been procrastinating about when we have a pile of something, you know, over there that's been, you know, you've been wanting, meaning to get to, but just haven't. And it's just a constant reminder, and that's got to evoke a little bit of stress or, gosh, i got to get to that. That's one more thing I have to do, kind right. of a thing. So,
0: What um, what do most people want to do? Um, you know, a lot of times, I mean, with, with things like eBay and Craigslist and stuff like that, do, do most of your clients... When they're giving away, getting rid of things, do they want to sell it or do they they donate it? What what does most people do?
1: They want to sell it, but I don't think that they realize that they're probably not going to do it right away. If they procrastinated already to need uh, help in organizing it, they're probably going to procrastinate getting it on eBay. It takes a little bit of effort, takes a little bit of planning, and it takes time to wait. Once you've got it set up on eBay, it takes time to wait for a sale. So you have those items still in your house. Or if you have a place off-site, a storage unit or something, that would be probably good. But usually, it's more um, work than it's worth. I usually suggest, unless they are an avid eBay user, not to sell it. A lot of times, you know, may, what may be valuable to you may not bring in the worth, you know, the money that you may be expecting. Um, a lot of times, um, professional organizers can tell you if it's worth, you know, the amount of money. That the amount of time that you might be spending on in, in your return um, you know there's junk companies there's shredding companies there's consignment shops charities you can sell it you can trade it you can donate it and you can recycle it so there's different options other than just throwing it away a lot of people just don't want to be wasteful and throw things away so you know charities and you know um, different um, donation sites you know there's always somebody who will value that and can need it and maybe you've got a second one Uh, A duplicate of something and you can you know let it go a little bit more easily and it will it will get into the hands of somebody who will value that thing you know
0: you mentioned you mentioned storage units and I I always question that because I've seen so many people and I've seen so many storage lockers um, where the people have paid their monthly fee which as far exceeds the value of, of the contents inside the storage unit. <laughs> <here. laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
1: we don't recommend storage units for that very reason. You're yeah. ac- absolutely right. They're expensive, and um, usually people are keeping stuff in a what-if scenario, um, just in case, or it is sentimental. Um, I am victim of that myself. I have a lot of photos that I have not scanned in and um, things from my daughter's childhood and I had done one cut and I've taken pictures of a lot of things and uh, uh,
2: <laughs> tossed them or donated
1: them um, and it was tough but it, it gets a little bit easier and if you just do a little bit at a time You know, you don't have to do it all at once. You know, nothing has to be, there's no organizing emergencies. You know, you just do it what you're comfortable with and pretty soon. But when you gather up all like things together, you will see which ones you really value and which ones you you can let go of or find another home for. You can gift them to other family members. You can give them to strangers. But um, emotional attachments are a little bit different. It's kind of like the, the hoarder. It's a little bit different scenario. If somebody is emotionally attached to, to an item that they're not using, maybe they're not even displaying it because it's not particularly pretty. It's just something that they want to keep. Right. It's okay. There's lots of other things that we collect <laughs> that can get the <laughs> heck out of there that are deadbeat tenants that aren't serving you. You know, We shouldn't be you know serving our stuff. Our stuff should be serving us. So if it's giving you joy, absolutely, you keep it.
0: Cool. Uh, walk us through the process. Uh, somebody calls you up and says, "I, I, I think I need your, your expertise." Uh, you show up. Uh, what do you do? You assess the situation. Do you, do you is it at a time limit? Do you say, "Well, I, it's going to take me a week to do this"? I mean, walk us through the process.
1: Well, usually I get an email through my website or a phone call, and I talk to the person and ask what it is the, the project is. And then to get a sense of the scale, I ask them to text me a photo of the space. And then if that's not sufficient, then I will go on site. I give them a a needs assessment and just try to determine what their goal is, what is bothering them, what doesn't work, what they would like to envision in the end. If I did my job right, what would I have accomplished? Um, What they want to use the space for that they're not using it for now, anything new, you know, like maybe a new baby um, coming in and they need to create a, a space for that child, or systems, um, or an entrepreneur wants to set up an office, um, you know, so it's not always just tidying up a space or setting up new systems to, um, so that they don't revert back to old habits, but maybe creating a whole new um, space and a whole new system for something that's new in their life. So we just have to determine what their needs are, what what the project is, what the scale of it is, and what their goals are and what they hope to accomplish by having me there.
0: Okay. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story World Network. We're here with Tessa Fontaine from Organize My Stuff. We're going to take a quick break and uh, be back in just a few minutes. This is Steve Delamater, and this is the AZ Shuffle. Back after this. (laughs) To a show let's
3: do. I see you come around, kick shuffling on the ground. Chase cap mind in the gaps. yet you don't make a sound. Chasing what you might love. Wondering what you're thinking of. Days can craze, but not phased. When push comes to shove, seems they got nothing. To and how we got here anyway Riding along the strand With something written on your hand Two feet too far to see Tonight's totalitarian We are comets We are gold Fortune finds us shakes and coughs they come when you're not here to stop whoa no i used to walk around and make you frown and then i'd watch you blow we are comets we are go watching find us when we're
5: Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow, now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
1: You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hello,
4: this is Normandy Wilson, and
1: you're listening
2: to sleeps World. I don't
1: know what else you've got going
2: on, but no one pays
0: Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here live with Tessa Fontaine. She's a professional organizer. And, uh, Tessa, I want to ask you, uh, you know, you said that you uh, just moved back to California. And in a lot of industries, the the going rate changes depending on the region. Uh, Is that the same uh, with the organizing industry?
1: Absolutely, yes. You will have a range of budgets. Uh And... um, needs and scales of projects that require maybe more than a basic organizing of a pantry, for example. Pantries are very straightforward. Even the biggest of pantries are pretty much the same. And organizing, you know, the process of organizing is the same. You're going to sort and purge. You're going to find homes that make sense, that are rational. Um, You know, store it where you use it, like items together, And then a little bit of design plays a role too. You wanna add some little tchotchkes or some flowers or a place to drop things um, and then put them away later. Um, But, um, you know, and I don't gouge people um, based on the the area that they're in, but um, sometimes I do lower my price for the area that they're in because they really need my assistance. They have young children and they can only afford, you know, something that may be a fraction of my hourly rate. Even though I do not charge by the hour, I try to charge by the project. Um, you know, I will sort of estimate how many hours right. something will take, how many days sometimes, and then figure out, you know, what I need to make and what I think is a fair market value. So it, it, it maybe, you know, fudges a little bit, but it's based on, what I believe my uh, time and expertise is worth. Yeah. And I set the price. I say this is what I do. I set the price, and they will either agree or not. Uh, I have been, you know, some people do try to negotiate my price down a little bit, but I'm not as expensive as other um, organizers, so I think it's fair for, you know, from my judgment and what... You know, I would pay for my services, and I also know the time involved. It takes a lot longer than people think. Right. People will say, Well, I just need you for a day, you know, or we can get this banged out in a day. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think so. So, um, and then, you know, I do pay attention to detail, I do try to um, make it attractive. Aesthetics are very important to me, and I will try to use the um, client's favorite decorative plate or something in a pantry, for example, to make it not all look task-oriented. You know, we're just, you know, getting ready in the morning, and we're cooking, and we're doing things, and it's very, our world can be very task-oriented, so I like to put up favorite art, family photos, little tchotchkes that they, you know, have memorabilia, and um, just just to make life a little bit more pleasant and enjoyable in our task-oriented, very busy world.
0: (laughs) Is there... Is, this, is there a difference, or is this a, a basic uh, individual thing? Is there a difference for people who've lived in a space for a long time as opposed to someone who's lived there a few years? Or is it the the need just based on personality, I guess?
1: Oh, both, yeah. Um, naturally, after you've lived in a space for a long time, you've accumulated some stuff. And we don't recognize that we don't use things. We just oh, just put it away, and then, then you, you pull it out, and it's all dusty, and you go, oh, I guess I haven't used this in a while. And then you have to make a decision when you're purging. Because you can't just keep bringing stuff into a space, no matter how big it is. There's a limited amount of square footage. And um, if you just keep bringing stuff in and never purge or never let anything go, then you're eventually going to run out of space or your space is going to be overcrowded. And I think it's going to be a little bit stressful. So um, the bigger the house, the more the stuff. (laughs) And if you have a tiny space, then you're going to probably be a little bit more creative about Uh, or a little bit more selective about what comes into that space. And I think that's probably what we should do no matter how big the space is. But you do have the luxury of having more stuff if you have a bigger space. And contrarily, you have to make tougher choices when you have a smaller space. So you can't have everything that you want from, you know, back in the 70s, you know, take a picture of it and let it go.
0: <laughs> then you end up with boxes of pictures in storage. <laughs> not in the digital world, you don't. <laughs> yeah, we've tried to cover a lot tonight. I just want to kind of make sure we hit the things you want to talk about. Was there anything we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, I would like to mention that I did mention that I'm specializing in children's spaces, but I did not mention that I am changing... Or adding a new business name so cargo bambino organizing will be the specialty in organizing children's spaces and not just organizing children's spaces but doing it developmentally and not just doing it developmentally but I hope also to bring alongside an interior designer to make those spaces look fabulous so um, even though I have a a good eye for design I'm not trained or educated in interior design so i would like to bring in a professional in that and you know it's just fun it's just something that i am passionate about i'm a passion passionate about efficiency and um making spaces look great i think you know it just it just adds to the enjoyment of life when you can look at things that really give you pleasure visually and i guess i'm a visual person so and then i'm also a spatial person so i want my space to be calming and relaxing. I don't want to be fighting my stuff, you know. Um, I want them to be working for me and to be pleasing to look at. So that's my aim and um, my passion and my direction for my business. And then also I studied child development in college, so I am concerned and would like to contribute to the future of a child. So not just organizing and making spaces pretty, which can be, you know, Maybe the lust of the eyes or something that's maybe not, you know, somebody's priority, but their children are certainly their priority. Right. So if I can affect how children feel in their own little space or how parents look at their kids' stuff and provide for them what they, these children intrinsically need, they need places to climb on you get a toddler in a park and they don't need any instructions they know exactly what to do they make a beeline for those climbing structures right why because it's an innate developmental need that they have and so inside the house on rainy days why not give them something to climb on in their room have hang a swing from the ceiling have low cushions on the floor for them to climb around and bounce bounce on um have big balls that they can you know sit on um, even a rock wall I've seen in, put in children's rooms, um, or netting, ropes that mm-hmm. you know they can climb on, because that's a developmental need that a lot of young children and older children have. They just like to climb on things, you yeah. know. Um, and also, just their learning, you know, having a few good books for them to sit down in a quiet, cozy place, a nook or a teepee, or you know, a cushion on the floor again to read and get comfy and just get familiar with books and. And, and, you know, those, those kinds of things are life-changing to me. Yeah. That's a happy childhood, <laughs> you know? And who doesn't want a happy childhood?
0: Absolutely. So is, let me get this right, is Organize My Stuff, like the umbrella and then Cargo Bambino, is underneath it? Or are they two separate businesses? I think
1: I'm going to make them two separate businesses. Um, I'm just going to specialize. So anybody looking for children's spaces per se um, will, you know get the same person, obviously, whether they go through Organize My Stuff or Cargo Bambino Organizing, but I would like Cargo Bambino not to mention the general organizing, whereas Organize My Stuff will mention general and children's spaces.
0: Okay. What? Obviously, you, you, you talked about, you know, you, you studied child development, and, and you kind of, this is something you're passionate about. Did you think about that when you started off, or was it always, uh, or did you come along and say, I should really be doing, or I should be adding this to, to my repertoire? Yeah.
1: As I was um, doing Organize My Stuff, I had the opportunity to organize children's spaces, and I just realized I got so much more enjoyment from those spaces. And because I was adding some special knowledge to those spaces, it wasn't just like a pantry organized. It was really considering, and I should do this more with my general organizing. It's considering the user, which I try to do, but a lot of times they just say, "Oh, just organize it, whatever." Because I ask them questions: Would you prefer this? How do you how do you operate? How do you cook? Um, and they just like, you know, what you're the expert. Just do it, you know. So I've been found that I've been primarily just. Um, having them around to make the decisions on what can go or what stays, and then they just sort of let me go and then if if need be, we'll will tweak it. but children you know, considering their age and their developmental needs, let's say they're artistic or a ADhd you know they have special needs, so the, all of that considered in the organizing is 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 crucial so. That's fun knowing that I will affect a child and maybe make a child's life or day-to-day a little bit easier and less frustrating. I mean can can you consider going into a grocery store where things were just haphazardly placed and things weren't where Walmart you... <laughs> 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 and things weren't where you know you expect them to be. You know, rather than having a quick 30-minute grocery shopping experience, you're you're on a scavenger hunt yeah. and that can get frustrating for an adult, think how much more who doesn't have coping skills to deal with frustration a little kid would experience wanting to do something and not being able to find their stuff so um, you know it, it, it's, just a, it's just a passion yes so they are separate uh, I do enjoy organizing anything as a natural organizer I'm just I just get some weird pleasure out of it but knowing that I will affect a child you know in the here and now and possibly in the future as well because he was able to sit down and have focused, engaged learning with a set of appropriate toys rather than being distracted by all these bells and whistles. It it just it just makes my heart sing.
0: Yeah, you 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 tend to just uh, just go for it. I you know you said that you know you you decided I'm I'm going to do this business, and just recently you just picked up and just moved cross country. <laughs> 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 um, uh, any butterflies uh, along the way uh, you know it, first of all a lot of people just moving moving period is is kind of brings out anxiety um, but picking up your business and moving it to another part of the country uh, how's that been for you
1: well I'm an optimist and I believe in what I'm doing so that was the easy part for me um, a little scary about not having a job or not having clients out here however You know, it's that's the easy part is moving. The hard part is getting the clients and getting people to trust that I know what I'm talking about and that this is something that they should consider. It may change the the world of organizing to consider that children's spaces should be organized, you know, differently uh, than adult spaces, and um, keeping developmental things in mind. um, Not everybody knows about. And um, I just think it's a passion that I let go of a long time ago when I studied child development. And now is my opportunity to revisit what I know and, you know, incorporate it maybe at a smaller scale. You know, I'm not working with children or in a developmental research capacity, but I am providing you know, a service that will definitely affect the way maybe parents look at their children's space and definitely the way that the children will function in that space. They'll be calmer, they'll be happier, they'll be learning more. And, you know, a child that feels right acts right. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And, nah, it's not so scary.
0: <laughs> if people want to get a hold of you or find you or, 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 you know, inquire about your services, how do they go about doing that?
1: Well, Cargo Bambino Organizing website is not up. I have the domain name, but I do not have the website up yet. So they can contact me through OrganizeMyStuff.com. That's stuff with an H. And, um, you know, on my website, I have a contact page, which they can send me an email and, um, yeah, discuss their next organizing project. I would love to hear you say... Tess, organize my (laughs) stuff.
0: Awesome. And we'll have that link uh, on our website, too, so it'll be easy to find, easy to get to. Tess, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight on Swoop's World. and It was was just a pleasure to have you, and and we look forward to to hearing, hearing back from you about how things are going.
1: Oh, wonderful, Swoop. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Now you're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Show or Radio Network. here Wednesday nights from 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, most Wednesday nights. Uh, but uh, you can always go to the website and check things out in the archives and find any of the shows we've done in the past. We'd be able to thank you for tuning in. And uh, till next time, as we always say, dream as if you live forever. Live as if you die today. Good night, all.
1: The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.